What's going on? Welcome back. Um, sorry we missed a week, but you know Mike was on vacation. We didn't have a whole lot of time to catch up with our podcast, but we are back for our wrap-up on sanctification. So for the last four weeks on Sunday night, well, three weeks, and then one wrap-up week, we've been talking about sanctification. So uh, we talked about how to turn moments into movements. We talked about worship. We talked about how um, perfection is the goal, but will never be perfect. That's where grace comes into play. Um, we talked about a lot of really cool things when it comes to sanctification. And this week, we're kind of wrapping it up with this topic that really, I think, um, just kind of encompasses the action steps behind sanctification. Like, what do we do now that we know all this stuff? This is, we we see all the evidence for sanctification. We know that we should be sanctified. We know that we should be getting closer to Jesus. So what do we do with that? How do we do that? And we have said that the way to do that is through obedience and obedience to God. And like, as soon as you hear that word <laughs> obedience, like what what kind of memory does that immediately bring up for you, Mike? Um, it it brings up me being disobedient and getting a spanking uh-huh. for not. This is like last week. No, I'm just kidding. It's what? my childhood. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. A, that was a lot of my childhood, you know. Just <laughs> same, same, same. Yeah, I think like for a lot of us, you know, it's kind of tough to remember like the obedient moments. <laughs> you remember more so yeah. the disobedient moments. And um we've we've got a story to talk about out of the book of Exodus um that has a lot to do with that here in just a little while. So I'm kind of jumping into this whole thing. Um, A lot of this comes from an article that I read last week and kind of talking about how to work out your sanctification, um, what that looks like. And I really got caught up on this whole obedience uh, section of this article. And so um, before I had even read this, I I knew that the passage of Scripture that I wanted to hang out in is in Philippians chapter 2. And it's uh, Philippians chapter 2. Uh, verses 12 and 13. Let's see if we can get there. Philippians 2, 12 and 13. It says this, um, Therefore, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, so now not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good purpose. Now, before we even go any further, Mike, I kind of want to get your thoughts on that passage. And, um, you know, we talked about this ahead of time, and, and you've got some some things that you've thought about when it comes to this. And, and so get us started. How, how do you—what what do you get from that passage? All right. Well, um, Philippians 2 is on what we should— imitate about Christ mm-hmm. and how we should act um, towards each other. Really, it is a passage about obedience. Um, so so before Philippians uh, 12 and 13, Philippians 2, 12 and 13, uh, it's talking about like how Christ was humble. It, it's telling us not to be selfish and to, to, to imitate him in that way. So 12 and 13, which is right after uh, 
Paul finished up talking about Christ and how he acted, it's telling us basically to continue on doing that. Um, that whole passage is about doing it without um without going oh i guess i have to do this i guess right. this is something that i have to do now oh boy um not an obligation yeah yeah oh i guess that's that's what i got out of it yeah i think that a lot of times i know like when i was in high school i always felt like i was put on a guilt trip for not doing my spiritual disciplines, not reading my Bible, not praying, not listening to worship music all the time, not hanging out with all of my Christian friends all the time. I always felt like I was put on a guilt trip for that. Um, and I felt like I had to do that stuff because it was um, an expectation from youth pastors, from leaders, from my parents or whatever. Um, but I realize now and even before now kind of moving through high school that it's not really an obligation it's more of a a privilege and i know that Mm -hmm. sounds super cliche but like being able to imitate christ and and having that ability that new life that we're given it really makes you want to do it and and understand that it's not something you have to do every day but it's something that like you know we get to get up every day and we get to try our best to imitate Jesus Christ and know that there's grace in the moments that we fail. And there's um, this standard that we have to uphold, but when we don't meet it because we're not going to, like it's okay because Christ already paid the price for our sins. So I think there's a a really awesome like juxtaposition there of like not obligated, but privileged to do it. And I think that's where obedience comes into play and how obedience in our walk with Christ is so different than, like, obedience to earthly authority. Mm -hmm. And so, like, for me, that's kind of how I've had to equate this. Like, we only know what we can see and feel like what's tangible for us as far as obedience goes. But, like, I've had to put this in a different perspective of what I do on this earth and the obedience that I'm called to give to authority figures and to people here on this earth um, is not the same obedience. It is, but it's not that I give to Christ. Like sometimes you're obligated. Like when mom comes in and says, Hey, you have to clean your room. You got to put your clothes away. You got to do that. When Sophie tells me, Stephen, you have to put your clean clothes back in the drawers. um, I don't always obey. Um, however, I probably should do more of that. Uh, so it's like, and, but it's a different obedience. It's like, I'm kind of not necessarily obligated to do that, but I feel like I have to. And then with your walk with Christ, it's like, nah, like I get to, I, I get to obey the things that Christ has for me because it's in my best interest and he's always looking out for me. So that's kind of a, it's kind of a very different perspective on obedience to begin with um it it says uh one thing i would add is from from before that at the beginning of the chapter it says therefore if you have any encouragement from being united with christ in any comfort uh, from his love if any common sharing in the spirit if any tenderness and compassion 
then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, uh, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of the other. So he's saying if there's if there is anything uh anything in you that is is called is spiritually called you know if the, if you have any encouragement you know if if you have any comfort from his love use that hang on to that and 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 use that uh towards your obedience mm-hmm. i don't know yeah it's like uh it's like we said a couple weeks ago during worship um worship is not about what you can get from God, but about what you can give back to Him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the perfect mindset to take when it comes to obedience, because obedience is worship to God. Like, mm-hmm. that's why we obey Him, because we want to worship Him, because we know what He's done to, for us. And I think, um, kind of going off of what you said, keeping that in mind is what Paul is calling them to do. You see this example of Jesus and how he treated people, how he loved people, and he set that example for us on this earth for a reason and a specific purpose. And I think he was kind of, and I'm kind of inferring here, I think he was speaking to the Philippians as if they were kind of, I don't know, they were kind of mooching off of Paul. Like it was mm-hmm. like they were drinking out of the wrong well, almost in a sense, because if you look in verse 12, um, he says, not only in my presence, um, but now much more in my absence. So it's like they were kind of getting what they needed spiritually from Paul rather than from the true source. So I think for us, when it comes to obedience, we really need to focus on making it personal because when it becomes personal, then it becomes like we talked about the first week of this, it becomes a movement in your heart. And and that's what moves you towards Jesus Christ is when obedience becomes personal to you, between you and God, that relationship between you and Him, not the relationship between you and your youth pastor, you and your small group leader, you and your parents or a friend or whatever, much more out of, much more in the absence of those influences what's left of your relationship with God. So like the question I would ask is that yes, we're supposed to be involved in community and yes, we're supposed to have good people pouring into us all the time. But what would be left of your relationship with God if all of those relationships ended right now? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a hard thing to say because, you know, as a youth pastor, I love to pour into students and I'm I'm so grateful for our small group leaders like you and the 20 other that we have that are in our student ministry that are pouring into students all the time. But like what we're calling students to do, my heart, your heart, the leader's heart, parents' heart is to see these students really grasp it for themselves. And man, I don't want to see people struggle as long as I did with that, Mm -hmm. really making it personal to myself. So that's why we're opening the door talking about obedience and sanctification is working out your salvation, obeying God for what He's done. Like, He's done amazing things for you, and you obey Him because He's done amazing things for you, and it's working, it's proof of your salvation is how this article Mm -hmm. puts it. Um, Obedience to God is 
not only a necessary practice in your sanctification, but it is the proof of your salvation every single day. So I would ask yourself that question, you know, if all these relationships, these good godly relationships that are pouring into me, if all of that were gone, what would be left of your relationship with Christ? I think that's, I mean, that's a tough question to answer. It's important. Yeah, it's important as well. Cause like there's, I feel like in churches today, there's this emphasis on either it's all about you or it's not about you at all. And, Ooh. and, uh, of course, life isn't about you. It's it's ultimately about God in all in all ways. But you know, you, you may rely on your youth pastor. You may rely on uh, articles or studies or academia or the church fathers or tradition or whatever to to make you understand your faith. But what's you know, what, what do you rely on from your understanding? Like, do you have any understanding or are you just mooching off of others understanding? Mm -hmm. I feel like that's, that's really the heart of like your personal relationship with God and with scripture. Yeah. It's like that the first week, um, in our whole reconstruction series that we're doing on Sunday nights, it's kind of that, that passage in, um, I think it's First Corinthians or Second Corinthians. I gotta oh, go back. I'm pretty sure it's first. First Corinthians three. First Corinthians three ten through eleven talks about that firm foundation, mm-hmm. and it's like, what is that foundation? Is that foundation your youth pastor? Is that foundation mm-hmm. your small group leader? Is it the podcast that you're listening to? Is it that Christian influencer that you follow on TikTok? Like. What is that foundation? Because it's very clear in that passage in 1 Corinthians that the only foundation that we should be building the house on is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That's it. And so like, you have to figure out that foundation for yourself, and that leads to this obedience factor that we've been talking about, because when you have that foundation, then you want to build the house. And part of building the house is listening to God, and when He says, hey, put this board here, nail this to this. These are the things that you do to build the house on the foundation that is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing about that that passage is if you go, if you read it again, you'll, uh, you'll note that Paul is talking to the church. So he's also, so what he's saying there is your found, like the foundation of the church should be Christ. And what that also means for you is that you got to keep, like me and Steven and your leaders and stuff, you got to keep us in check and make sure that mm-hmm. we're not just spouting nonsense at you and that mm-hmm. we are, our foundation is Christ as well. But of course, you know, even if that is referring to the church, you are a representation of the church so that it's an out, outpouring to you as well. So you got to have that firm foundation along with us and you got to make sure we have it as well. Absolutely. And then we kind of move from um, why obey, why obedience is necessary for your sanctification, Um, and all of this plays into that same theme. And then we moved on to make it a little bit more specific and said that uh, obedience in your life, like when you obey Jesus Christ, when you follow His lead, it leads to blessings and it leads to progressing in your sanctification, in your walk with Jesus Christ. So, And I think that's like 
it sounds borderline prosperity gospel, right? It's like health and wealth kind of thing. Mm. I'm not talking about blessings monetarily. I'm not saying that if you obey Christ, you're going to be the richest man in the world, richest woman in the world. You're going to have all these followers and all this influence. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm not talking about earthly blessings. I'm talking about your spiritual blessings day in, day out. Those blessings are compounded when you begin to obey Christ. Um, it doesn't mean health and wealth, um, it, but it doesn't necessarily exclude those things either. Uh, it refers to, you know, the fruits of the Spirit, like you're going to gain more of those fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those things are what you're going to gain, those spiritual blessings, and it helps you to move forward in your walk with Christ. And I think that's that's the whole goal, right? Like mm-hmm. taking one step closer to Jesus Christ. And the passage that we, there's a couple passages that we referred to in this, but the one that I want to focus on because it's going to get us from point A to point B is in Mark chapter 4, Mark four twenty four and 25. It says, um, it says, pay attention to what you hear. By the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and more will be added to you. For whoever has, more will be given to him, and whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. So essentially, what that's saying, it tells us that whoever faithfully obeys God, whoever is faithfully obedient to God, uses whatever God is teaching them, takes into consideration God's will and purpose for their life, they will gain more as far as their progression towards Him. They'll grow in Christ. We talk about that all the time. They'll take steps in their faith. They'll they'll get closer to Jesus Christ. Obedience is necessary to grow in your relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. I love that passage. Like It's so cool. And I've always heard, um, to to whom much is given, more will be required. Um, and if you don't do something with what you have, even what you have is going to be taken away. So I think that that's kind of that's kind of just our reality when it comes to sanctification. Is like we got to do something with what we've been given. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And that kind of, like, that moves us from point A to point B, like I was saying, because that same passage in Mark, it shows us a little bit more of what obedience does for us. It shows us a little bit more, rather than just blessing and progressing, it shows us that if we obey God, we're protected from a couple of things. We're protected from going backwards, and we're also protected from staying still. Um, and I've heard my whole life that if you're staying in one place, you're going backwards. Like if you're still, you're going backwards. If you're not moving forward, you're not really doing anything. Mm-hmm. You're just going backwards. There, like there's very specific passages in, in Revelation. It talks about the lukewarm Christian and that God will spew them out of his mouth and they'll be cast into the lake of fire. Um, so I think that obedience moves us more towards, like, on-fire Christians. Like, we all want that, right? Like, that's the thing that 
gosh, I've heard youth pastors say it for such a long time, is like, man, this kid, they're on fire for the Lord. And like, we all want that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I see kids at Western and I can see like, man, this kid's really got it. Or I see a kid at Eastern Guilford and I'm like, man, they are just on fire right now. And that's what we all strive for. That's what we all want. Of course, that's what we want. How do you get there? And how do you stay there? Mm -hmm. Because that's the thing. Like, how do you stay on fire? You can't just like be on fire and then be off and then back on and then off. You can, but it's like, then ultimately you're staying still. Mm -hmm. So in order to prevent that, you have to obey God. It, again, the passage says, consider carefully what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. So I think that we see when we're unfaithful to God, when we're disobedient, we see the wrath, like we see the punishment, we see the discipline that comes from that. And that's not a fun place to be. Like we talked at the very beginning, like, I can think of some very specific times in my life where disobedience has led to some very harsh punishments, yeah. and it's not fun. Like, we all kind of relate to obedience in this, like, twilight zone of it's a kind of opposite, mm -hmm. and we see obedience as the opposite of disobedience rather than seeing disobedience as the opposite of obedience because mm -hmm. we're more prone to disobedience. Yeah. At least I am. I don't know I, about I you. But like we see where unfaithfulness and disobedience to God, it starts to take away what we do have. You know, when we are active and we pursue this obedient lifestyle to Christ, mm -hmm. we see these amazing things that happen. And like I said at the beginning, there's a story in the book of Egypt, or a story, a story in the book of Egypt, a story <laughs> in the book of Exodus um, about the Israelites being set free from um, Egyptian captivity. And we see these crazy miracles, right? Like, I'm in the book of Exodus for my personal devotions right now, and even in the first, like, 15 chapters, the amount of miracles that God does is absolutely crazy. One that people don't think about, and this is just a side note, one that people don't think about is the Israelites were camped on the beach outside of the Red Sea as the Egyptians were coming to get them. And then God takes the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire that he was using to guide the Israelites. It was in front of them the whole time. And the night that they were spending the night on the beach and the Egyptians were right at them, he took those two pillars and he moved it in between the Egyptians and the Israelites. Like he literally just commanded these two pillars of cloud and fire, picked them up and moved them and put them in between the two the two peoples and it stopped the Egyptians from overtaking the Israelites that night which was crazy and then you get to the miracle that we all know the parting of the red sea and like can you imagine standing there and seeing that like how insane that was mm -hmm. absolutely crazy dude but like they saw all this stuff they were there they witnessed it they saw all of these things and then they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Have you ever asked yourself why it took 40 years? It's because they wound up being disobedient. 
They knew all these things. They saw all the miracles, and yet they were still disobedient. Mm -hmm. And so God left them in the wilderness for 40 years chasing after this promised land. Like, I don't want to be stuck in the wilderness. I don't want to be stuck wandering around, not knowing where to turn or what to do. We get to that place by being disobedient. Obedience leads us to the promised land. Obedience leads us closer to Jesus, and we know that being closer to Jesus is ultimately the promised land that we have been given on this earth. Like, we get as close to Him as we possibly can on this earth, and then we get glorified at the end of this life, and we get to go to heaven. Like, that's that's our promised land, is heaven. In order for the Israelites to leave the wilderness and get to the promised land, they had to practice obedience. And we gave a bunch of examples on Sunday night of like different areas that you can be more obedient in your life. Um, and kind of as we wrap this up, I've done a lot of talking and I kind of want to keep this one relatively short. Mike, how do you see obedience like playing out day to day? Like, how do you see obedience being the part of sanctification that is really going to help you? progress in that process uh i think that it's it's like a habit right it's something that you have to start doing and keep at before before it sticks um so like practicing obedience can be something that you do thoughtfully the first couple times but eventually it becomes just something that you do by default you don't even have to think about it anymore so once once you're at that place, that's a good, uh, godly place to be. That's that's a blessing that you're even able to get there by the grace of God. Mm-hmm. So I I think that you know that will really change the way that you see prayer, the way that you see God working in the in your life, the way that you read Scripture. Um, there's plenty of people who read the same scriptures I do, and they get completely different things that from me and they just they don't understand it their 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 judgment is clouded because of it and they don't live obedient lifestyles and and i think that's part of a reason why there's this kind of confusion on on scripture a lot of the time it's because well you're obviously not living a godly and obedient lifestyle so you can't see the fruits that uh god will give you from that lifestyle so, you know, of course you're confused about about scripture and about what God does in people's lives. You haven't seen it cuz you haven't tried it. Mm. Um but also it, the story of of Exodus in general is just very It's a it's it's a long book cuz uh one of the one of my favorite books like pertaining to obedience or my favorite books plural pertaining to obedience is is John first second and third John um cuz that those three books uh i would say about equally um though they're kind of addressed to certain people they're all about equally about obedience and about doing uh works for Christ not that you're saved by works but that you should be doing works if you're in Christ and and so the book of Exodus is much longer than John, 
much, much longer than facts. all three of those books. Facts. You can fit all three Johns in like, like the first times. four chapters of Exodus. Yeah. But <laughs> but Exodus is kind of like uh, a what not to do in some cases. Absolutely. Um, at the, these are God's people. After they left Egypt, one of the first things that they did was make idols to false gods. That's like pure disobedience right there. I think that their judgment was clouded because they weren't living, you know, how God had commanded them to live. Eventually, God had to just, you know, lay down the law in Leviticus and say, hey, don't live like the Egyptians anymore. Um, but if they're God's people, they should know better. So I, if if you listening are are would claim to be one of God's people, you should know better. You should live mm-hmm. that lifestyle. I mean, I'm not... I'm not calling you out. Obviously, I don't know whoever's listening's name, but like, you know, you should know better. I know some of you, and you do know better. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't know. That's all I got. But I do too. Like, we all know better. Yeah. And, and that's like what obedience is. That was one of the last things that we said Sunday night is like, obedience is doing what you know is right. Yeah. And like, if you're a follower of Jesus and you claim to be a Christian, if you've seen what he's done and you know the standard that he's calling you to live, mm-hmm. you know what to do and you know what's right. And mm-hmm. obedience is doing what's right. And so, like, we ended Sunday night and we just simply asked the question what area do you need to be obedient in? And I think that's something we all have to ask ourselves. Like, on a daily basis, right? We're talking about sanctification. This is a process that happens every single day. How are you going to choose obedience day to day? Like, what are you going to do today to be more obedient to what Christ is calling you to? Mm-hmm. Look, man, I, I think that everybody out there who's listening, we all struggle with disobedience to God. We struggle with disobedience to people. So, of course, we're going to struggle with disobedience to God. And but those are, that's just our nature, too. Yeah. I mean, that's just what we're we do. sinful people. We, we're we're going to struggle with it. And look, it's okay to struggle. Like, obedience is something that we struggle with. But look, take steps every single day. Every single day. This is the process of sanctification. Take steps every day to be more and more obedient to Christ. And look, I, I encourage you guys find some people to talk to. Keep listening to this podcast if you've got any questions or anything. Find a good godly source, and uh, uh, but first and foremost, dive into Scripture and see what it says. First, second, third John, great references for what obedience looks like. Um, same thing with the book of Exodus, kind of a mm-hmm. what to do in some cases and what not to do in other cases. The, great resources. The week before this, the week before this, we went over um, Romans. I mean, we didn't have a podcast the week before this, but on the outlet, we went through um, Romans six and seven. Or Romans seven specifically, but I I would suggest as far as like, oh I'm really struggling with sin I can't seem to stop why can't I be obedient read Romans six and seven that'll that that's a good uh, some good passages uh, right there facts in a great doctrinal book in the first place yeah like yeah I'm getting ready to start a uh, a Bible study on Romans nice with a couple guys and it's very cool. I'm excited for it, man. It's going to be awesome. We'll be talking about that coming up here soon on the podcast. But look, I appreciate you guys listening. Um, Any scripture references or anything, you can find those down in the description of this podcast. Uh, Give us a rating if you're listening on Apple Music uh, or Apple Podcast. Uh, Like it, share it, do all the things. We appreciate you guys, and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.